Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. What's going on, travelers? Thank you for tuning in to episode two of The Resonance, a weekly Genshin Impact podcast. I'm your host, Dalton, and I want to start this episode off by saying thank you to everyone who listened to the first episode and gave me some feedback on that. I truly appreciate it. It means a lot. I'm still working to improve the quality of the show and add things into the show that not only make it a little bit longer as 39 minutes for the first episode really wasn't as long as I wanted it to be. I really wanted it to be closer to an hour. There might have been some over editing on my end. But yeah, either way, I super enjoyed it. And I was nothing but excited to uh, record episode number two for you guys. So thank you again for the support. I truly appreciate it. And uh, we'll jump into the episode. So today we are going to be covering some new known bugs and issues, uh, mainly revolving the Serena Teapot placement function that's still undergoing maintenance, and Yaimiko's fix or rollback. And there's, uh, I think, one or two other pieces of bug or known issues that were fixed or that are uh, have popped up since the first of this month. And then uh, we're going to be covering some in-game stuff, mainly Ayato's character story, which I thought was pretty interesting, Hues of the Violet Garden and the gameplay details and things that travelers are going to be interacting with and doing throughout the event. And we're going to just talk a little bit more about the Outside the Canvas, Inside the Lens event, uh, because that is ending soon, so you guys want to make sure that you jump in-game, get your rewards, enjoy that cute little event uh, before it ends. All right, and uh, I think we'll jump right into the known bugs and issues in the game right now. And the first known bug or issue was starting on the 2nd of April. Uh, They are starting to update the game resources on PC via the launcher through Grayscale release within a seven-day window. So from the 2nd to the 9th, it sounds like. Uh, They just mentioned that travelers are requested to launch the game through the launcher to ensure that they receive timely updates. So nothing huge there. Uh, Later on, on the 2nd, they fixed an issue whereby some teleport waypoints in the area were not displayed properly on the map when the fog in Surumi Island had not been completely removed. That could be pretty annoying if you're still, you know, unlocking waypoints through Surumi Island and you haven't cleared all the fog yet. 
going through that fog could sometimes be annoying, but uh, looks like that issue is fixed. So uh, you shouldn't be having trouble with waypoints anymore. The third known bug or issue uh, were the rollbacks to the changes that we talked about last week to uh, Yaimiko and her targeting mechanism. So I, I And I did see a little bit about this. I saw comments in some posts on Hoyo Lab and in Discord of uh, people mentioning that the, the fixes that they, they rolled out for Yaimiko's targeting mechanism that was bugged made it worse. They are still working on that. They did roll back the changes that they made. And after the rollback, now her skill, I believe it is, the Seso Sakura ability, it's now going to just randomly attack an enemy that's within range of the ability. It's no longer going to prioritize attacks on the nearest opponent. And once you restart the game, so if you haven't played by, haven't played since the 6th, then uh, restart your game. The update will take uh, effect after that. Still seems like they're having some trouble with Yai Miko, and hopefully they can work that out. We did get a nice... Compensation of 100 primos for that rollback. To get those prima gems, you had to reach adventure rank 5 or above by the 6th. So if you're wondering, oh, I didn't get my primo gems, make sure that you guys are at least adventure rank 5. You have to log in and claim your compensation before the 9th. So by the time this episode goes out, this will already be over. And you do have to claim it. Our, oh, it's okay. It says our developers will distribute compensation to travelers via in-game mail within 5 hours after the rollback takes effect. The mail will expire after 30 days, so don't forget to claim the attached compensation in time. Mm, that's confusing. I don't... It says, please log in and claim your compensation before the 9th, but then it says the mail will expire after 30 days, so don't forget to claim the attached compensation in time. So I don't know if if the compensation is going away in 30 days or if it's or if you need to claim it before the 9th. That's kind of confusing. Other than that, other than the teapot stuff that we're going to talk about in just a second, that was really it. There are some open items for them to take care of, uh, but we talked about the rest of it pretty much in the uh, first episode. Sorry for all you Yaimiko players. Hopefully that rollback is at least a little bit better. I did not pull for Yaimiko, but hopefully that's better for you guys and you're you know experiencing a lot less problems than you did before the, the first update. And we'll talk about the continuous serenity pot placement function maintenance that's been ongoing. And I think I, I said this wrong, or I, I made a mistake in what I said in the first episode. It's it's not actually the placement function of the serenity teapot. Well, it is, but it's not the teapot itself. It's actually the items within it. And, I, and I'm sorry if that caused some confusion because I said that it was fixed because I actually haven't moved anything in my teapot. I usually just go in and I plant my, plant my seeds, claim my realm currency, and I and I bounce. I'll grab my like fragile resin and my heroes went and more and head out. That was my bad. It is still under maintenance. I still haven't tried to place things down, but I know that people are having problems with, with putting things down, especially the characters like Ayato or Venti, where they want to max out that friendship, get it to level 10 as soon as possible, but they can't do that. And I, and, and I kind of feel their pain, right? Cause you have a character, you want to get it to friendship level or companionship level 10 and get the name card and I'm going to start feeling that too because I think I only have one more and I, they just got to level nine so I I would assume that they'd fix this in time but we'll talk a, bit, a little bit more about that I, I, you know I hope they do so their post off of Genshin Impact Official on the Hoyo Lab app says dear travelers the placement function of the Serenity Pot is still under maintenance the placement function will not be available during the maintenance period starting from the fourth of April, we will issue a compensation of Rome currency of times 5,000 every week during the maintenance period. 
We will notify Travels via in-game notice and community channels once the maintenance on the placement function of the Serena Teapot is complete. Please stay tuned to our official channels for the latest announcements regarding this issue. Uh, we sincerely apologize for the inconvenience caused. Thank you for your patience and understanding. So, and like I said, we got another 5,000 realm currency on the 4th. If you wanted to get this compensation, you did have to be Adventuring 5 or above. And that compensation must be claimed before the end of the current version, version 2.6, or it will expire. It also says travelers who have not unlocked the Serenity Teapot can also receive the realm currency as compensation. So if you didn't unlock your Serenity Teapot by doing the event, you know, don't worry. As long as you do it before version 2.6, you will have that realm currency after unlocking the Serenity Teapot. And that in-game mail with that compensation should be in your mailbox every Monday at 11 o'clock server time. It says the first compensation will be issued on the 4th, which it was, and the mail will expire after 30 days, so don't forget to claim the attached compensation in time. So that ties into what I said a little bit earlier, where you want to make sure that your Adventure Rank 5 or above by the 4th, and you want to make sure that you have the Serenity Teapot unlocked and then claim it within 30 days where that mail will expire. So 30 days from the 4th, you want to start making sure that you actually just do the Teapot quest. I don't really have too many problems with this, only because I, I'm not... I know people care about the companionship XP and they want the name cards and the achievement for the, the little bit of primos and they have characters rotating in and out to maximize their companionship XP and the rewards from that. But honestly, I'm not so happy with the realm currency because I don't really need 5,000. I I could hold on to it, I guess, but eh, I, I don't really feel the need to. I feel like Hoyoverse needs to, how should I put this? They need to compensate for the actual rewards that we're missing, right? Because we can always get more realm currency. You are missing out on the primo gems that you could be potentially having and the companionship XP. At this point, I feel like they need to make a consumable almost for companionship XP that you can buy with realm currency or something, or just straight out give it to us as a compensation uh, reward, right? And allow us to just use that on a on the specified character that we see fit. And I think that would be a lot better as a compensation than just 5,000 realm currency, because it's it's the rewards that, that we're missing that's the problem, right? It's, it's not really the realm currency. That's just my thoughts. And like I said, a consumable would work really well, but it does seem like this maintenance is going to go on for quite a while, when they say that the 5,000 realm currency will be issued every week during the maintenance period. I don't know. It makes me feel like it's it's going to go at least to 2.7. Because if it, if it was going to go pat, like before it, I feel like they would, say it would, they would say in the post, hey, we are hoping that it's going to be resolved by version 2.7. So um, sorry for all those of you who just got Ayato or Venti and you want to get their companionship level to 10 and you want their name card and everything, uh, hopefully they get that fixed and they get that working correctly again. That's all the bugs and known issues that we have going on in any maintenance work that's going on in the back end of Genshin Impact. All right. And the last bit of news before we get into the new event gameplay details. This is off VentureBeat.com. And the article is Twitter Loved Wordle and Genshin Impact in Quarter 1, 2022. Twitter revealed details about its gaming discourse over the first quarter of 2022. One of the most talked about words was Wordle. It was behind only Genshin Impact. According to Twitter, 
Genshin Impact was its biggest quarter for gaming ever, with almost 800 million tweets about gaming by 48 million authors made during that period. Uh, it doesn't say exactly how many. It just says that in addition to Genshin, users were talking about games like Ensemble Stars, Apex Legends, and Final Fantasy XIV. Genshin Impact was the most talked about game on Twitter in quarter one of 2022. Nice little bit of, uh, of news. And we did get a little bit of news two days ago revolving gameplay details for Hues of the Violet Garden, which is the new event. And I'd like to cover that instead of covering it in the, uh, you know, the next section of the in-game events because it just started. And I know some people kind of put these things off because they wait so they can just binge the whole event, kind of like how how the Lantern Rite Festival was. So uh, we're going to go over some gameplay details, talk about what we're going to be doing in the new event. In the Hues of the Violent Garden event, we're going to be in Inazuma, and we're going to be preparing for a grand event named the Magnificent Iridori Festival. And this has been kind of organized by Yaimiko and her around her hobby of light novels. Uh, there are new missions that are going to be added to Luxuriant Vibrance. You can complete these to receive the Battle Pass points. And it looks like there's at least one challenge during the Battle Pass period for it looks like there's at least one challenge for each portion of the event and it looks like three of them are 1500 and the last one is 1200 it looks like um their screenshot isn't exactly the best quality looks like 1200 so you got about what is that three four and a half thousand seven hundred battle pass points so pretty good sum the gameplay duration will be from the 7th 10 o'clock server time and it'll go to the 25th at four o'clock server time. Uh, to take place in the event, you need to be adventuring 30 or above, complete the Rito escape plan, which is part of the Archon Quest, Chapter 2, Act 1, the Immovable God, and the Eternal Euthamia. You need to complete Kamisato Ayato story quest, which we're going to be talking about. You're also going to need to complete Raiden Shogun story quest, which would be Act 2, and Kokomi story quest, Act 1, to enjoy this event. Uh, if you have not completed Kamisato Ayato, Raiden Shogun, and Sangonomiya Kokomi story quests, you can enter the event through Quick Start. Alright, so during the event, travelers will receive quests to help organize the Iridori Festival. And as the festival progresses, there will be four gameplay modes that will be unlocked in sequence. The Moon and Stars Inscribe, Theater Mechanicus, Clash of Lone Blades, and the Floor Courtyard. After completing the various Legends of the Kassen quest phases, you can also receive the Iridori anecdotes of the corresponding phases, participate and complete the corresponding criteria to obtain event-exclusive furnishings, exclusive recipes, prima gems, crown of insight, talent, level-up materials, and more. Uh, also, the, the more will be the Enhancement Crystals, Mora, and Hero's Wit. In, a, in addition to during the event, once you've completed all the criteria for friendship and writing, you may invite Sing Cho, Hydro user, to join your team. Uh, and he can only be invited once. They don't say what you get if you already have him at C6. So I'm not really sure. They I figured they would maybe say it in this post. I don't see anything. It just kind of shows you the invitation criteria. That'll go over in just a second, and that's it. That invitation criteria includes complete the parting-themed poem, 
obtain a score of 1500 in Springtime Advent Show of Force, achieve victory in Versus the Mightiest Warriors on Serious Difficulty or Higher, and complete the fourth floral theme. Uh, and then you'll be able to send him an invitation to join your team. I'm not really sure what they're going for here. I'm assuming that if you already have him at C6, they're going to do something, but I'm not sure. All right, and we'll go over the first phase of the event, or the first gameplay mode, the Moon and Stars Inscribe. During the event, you can start this gameplay event after completing the True Tales of the Violet Garden Act 1 quest in the Legends of the Kassen. According to the poet's Len and Otomo, you can take pictures in specific regions after receiving daily themes to obtain inspiration. The more material you obtain, the better you can help these NPCs figure out more poetic stanzas, thus helping them to complete their poems faster. After collecting a certain number of inspirational materials, you can complete the theme creation and obtain primo gems, talent level up materials, hero's wit, and more. They show mora. Again, gonna get more mora for that. Number two, Theater Mechanicus, Stage of Brilliance. I know a lot of people were super happy about this coming back. I did not play Genshin when this event first came about, so I'm excited to try it out. During the event, you can start the Theater Mechanicus gameplay after completing the True Tales of the Violet Garden Act 2 quest in the Legends of the Kassen. You can participate in the Theater Mechanicus challenge at Komokata's location. And that's just an NPC that's... Standing around at the festival, she's got her own little table. During Theater Mechanica's Stage of Brilliance, each stage has its own special stage features. Plan according to these features to achieve a safe victory. Before you enter the stage, you can set up the Wondrous Sticks that may be used in the stage. Set your Wondrous Sticks up well to lend great aid during the battle. They show a image of one of the Fortune Sticks. Uh, it's Pyro Orb, and it looks like it costs 40 of the currency in this event. And it says, modifies Inferno's basic attack to higher damage flares that descend from the skies. During the uh, stages, there's a bunch of them. There's some Animo, Electro, what looks like some generic one, or it could be Geo. And then they have Mystic Sticks, which are, there's like four Mystic Sticks. I'm assuming they're like a higher buff or better debuff or a better feature or mechanic. During the stages, each stage will have a certain number of pre-built Mechanicae. Use these well, or perhaps dismantle and set them up elsewhere to help you win more easily. Once you are in a stage, you will gain a certain number of Veneficus points. Once you are in a stage, you will gain a certain number of Veneficus points. Use them to create Mechanicae at specific locations. Interact with the Mechanicae you have built to modify or even dismantle them, the latter of which will refund a portion of the point cost. Select some wondrous sticks or trigger the stage features for a chance to obtain Vinificus points. So it looks like you can break down and put up the Mechanicae to better help you. And it looks like some of that will be pre-built for you and then you can kind of curate it to how you want to do the stage. And hopefully, or you should, do that to at least help you do it faster or better. So... When the stage begins, opponents will continuously flow in from various directions, and you must use various Mechanicae to stop them. Players can cast skills, but cannot directly deal damage to opponents. Defeat different opponents to gain the matching amount of points. When the stage ends, you will gain stage score based off the number of points scored from defeated opponents. After achieving the corresponding score, 
you can obtain Prima Gems, Talent Level Up Materials, Heroes Wit, and more. In the image, they show more Mora, and they show some Enhancement Crystals. The third event is Clash of the Lone Blades. During the event, you can start the Clash of Lone Blades gameplay after completing the True Tales of the Violet Garden Act 3 quest in the Legends of the Kassen. Talk to the designated martial artist to start the challenge. The challenges are classified into three difficulties, Serious, Dire, and Perilous. Okay, so let's roll back a little bit to where we talked about one of the requirements for Sing Cho. Serious is the lowest difficulty that you can do Clash of Lone Blades on. When they say serious, it's not actually that serious, I feel like. Because most, most Genshin events that include difficulty settings lock the Primo Gems or the good rewards that you really want behind the lowest difficulty and the rewards that you least likely want at the end. Which I kind of like, but it makes the events feel a little cheesy. Not going to lie. So... You got one, two, and three stars from Sirius to Perilous. Each of the warriors you will face during the Clash of Lone Blades has a different set of sword techniques, including ordinary techniques and exceedingly powerful but less often used honed techniques. After speaking with your challenger, you can check your opponent's honed techniques via the menu. This will give you a better understanding of their skills, and it's the key to emerging uh, victorious with ease. You will be unable to use elemental skills or bursts during these duels, but you will be able to obtain a new ability known as a parry. When using a parry, the travel will raise their weapon in a defensive stance, greatly decreasing damage taken. Also, if you parry just as your opponent is striking, you can completely eliminate any damage that would be done to you and will reset parry's cooldown. Completing such a quote-unquote perfect parry against an ordinary technique will grant you one stack of valor. And a perfect parry against a home technique will grant you three stacks, with a max of three stacks. Valor stacks ensure that your next attack will be a critical hit, dealing massive damage to your opponent. All Valor stacks will be consumed by this critical hit, and the damage dealt increases based on the number of Valor stacks possessed. When each warrior is about to use their home techniques, their weapon will shine brightly. Perfectly parry these techniques to unleash powerful counterattacks and deal great damage to your opponents. If you get the timing right and use parry well, you will be able to win over your opponent. After reaching the corresponding conditions, you can obtain Prima Gems, Talent Level Up Materials, Heroes Wit, and more. Previous images, they showed the rewards for the Talent Level Up Materials to be the blue Talent Level Up Materials. I believe they're called Guides. And in this one, it looks like you can get some philosophies of those talent level up materials, some Mora and Enhancement Crystals as rewards for this event as well. It looks pretty interesting. They show some clips of the Perfect Parry, and I really like the idea of combat without the skills and bursts and the elemental, the elemental reactions. I think that's really interesting, and it's really cool. I almost wish that they kept the parry in the game. I think it'd be really neat for them to add parry as like a permanent thing, but you could put it on certain characters and release characters that do more damage after switching in after a perfect parry. So almost like you do a perfect parry, your opponent is staggered or can take more damage because you perfect parry their attack and then have a character like, let's just say like Yolan, just because she's a new character and she hasn't been released yet have Yolan come in and like have one of her passive talents be like 
does more damage after a perfect parry. Like, that'd be so cool. I, at least I would enjoy that. I, I think that would be really cool. All right, and the last gameplay mode for this event is the Floral Courtyard. During the event, you can start the Floral Courtyard gameplay after completing the True Tales of the Violent Garden Act 3 quest in the Legends of the Chasm. They don't say this, but the, it looks like the NPC to start this event, the Floral Courtyard, is Fushizomi. You can obtain the floral theme from... Oh, there you go. They did say it. I missed it. You can obtain the floral theme from Fushizomi and try to construct a specific floral courtyard according to the hints of the floral theme. If you are unable to solve the puzzle within a certain time, you will gain more detailed guidance as to how to complete the floral theme. The floral courtyard is comprised of a main flower type, floral scene, and base, all of which have a great number of materials to choose from. When you place the main flowers, you can choose from three height settings, tall, medium, and short. When the requirements of the floral themes are met, you can obtain the event-exclusive floral courtyard, which can be placed in the Serena teapot as a furnishing and customized. In addition, you can also obtain Prima Gems, Talent Level Up materials, and other rewards. Uh, they just show guides of the Talent Level Up materials, and they show Mora in the, in the image. This uh, gameplay mode sounds pretty neat. I love being able to earn in-game rewards through events and then keep them in my teapot. I think that's pretty cool. Hopefully they can fix the Serena teapot placement function in time for this event because they are giving us event-exclusive furnishings. It's going to suck to not be able to put those down in our teapots when they're unlocked from the rewards and the maintenance is still ongoing. Either way, the event did start today as of this recording on the 7th. I haven't started it yet. I, I plan to start it tonight or maybe tomorrow, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. It looks really cool. I did see a lot of the characters that are going to be there. They're pretty interesting. You're going to see people in Inazuma that you haven't before. Don't want to spoil too much, but it looks really cool. I'm super excited to do this event. And that just about wraps up the gameplay event details for Hughes of the Violet Garden. And I think that's time we take a quick break. And when we come back, we will go over Ayato's character story and we will cover the outside the canvas inside the lens event when we come back. back from our break and now we're going to talk about Ayato's character story this character story was really good I thought it had a lot of character and I really did enjoy the story it didn't feel too tropey or anything it was cool I really enjoyed it it wasn't as combat heavy as Raiden Shogun's story quest was or Yaimiko's and I that's what I kind of thought it was going to be like. I thought it was going to have more combat, especially around the character because he's so like proper. I thought maybe they'd just like roll it back. And I thought that, you know, with him being so official that there'd be more combat in it. 
But man, Ayato is really sassy. And you see him in like a different light than I feel like a lot of other people like see him in. And because he's getting involved in something that normally, I guess, he wouldn't really have his hands in. Like he's getting his hands dirty is what I'm trying to say. And where, you know, usually subordinates or people from the Yashiro Commission would normally handle things for him. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Another thing that I really liked about Ayato's character story is that it ties in directly with some of the things that you do when you first arrive in Inazuma. So pay attention when you are traveling through Inazuma if you guys haven't done this story quest yet, because we will, you know, cover some spoilers in this story quest. And this episode will have timestamps, not like the first episode it had none. So there are timestamps if you want to skip this section. Uh, but spoiler warning, uh, we are going to cover some of the things that you see in the story. So the letter that you give to Chisato in the beginning when you first get to Inazuma, that story is continued in this story quest. And it's not something that I really see in other games where they take this break from something that kind of seems minuscule in the grand sense of what's going on in the story and in the world of Tavat or any other game really. And they they bring it back. It's like your previous actions now have some weight to them and they're involving characters that previously had nothing to do with what happened. And I really like that. I really think it's cool that they tie things back. It makes the world feel very connected and very whole. And I loved it. In this event, there were a ton of character development points and times where you get to see Ayato interact with Toma and the Traveler and just the people around Inazuma that it just it was beautiful and there was a couple points that stick out to me and that's in the beginning when you see Ayato you actually just see Toma first and Toma's talking to somebody and it's Toma and Ayato playing chess and it was really wholesome because Ayato dislikes doing like housework, but Toma's there just nonchalantly playing chess with Ayato. Um, and it's really cool. And when Ayato says, Oh, I have to take care of this problem, which is the wedding between the two clans, between the two lovers that you give the letter to in the beginning when you first get to Inazuma, as I mentioned before. He's kind of taking it into his own hands. And like I said, he's getting his hands dirty. He's doing something that normally his subordinates would do. But I thought it was awesome because Toma was like, huh, you you have other things to do. And it made me think like, oh, that's why everybody is like, not this is the reason, but people are shipping Toma and Ayato because, and not because, but I see like why this was like the big eye opener for me because it made me feel like, oh, Ayato's got some tending to Toma to do. <laughs> and it was it was really cool. I like that. You do see like Ayato go to a stall. And when he's in when he goes to the stall, he orders like this nasty dango milk. And you can choose like one of the ingredients that go in, and I choose the the C Gandorama, uh Ganoderma. Ganoderma, that's it. And he orders this ninja that he calls upon who just shows up out of nowhere and he's like, um, order one of these for, for me and bring it to Toma, please. And like, you go back at the end of the story to talk to Toma and the story kind of comes like full circle, which is really funny where 
Toma's like, yeah, and then I got to this like weird tasting milk, <laughs> and that was really cool. And at the end of the event, how it ends is Toma and Ayato, like once the Traveler and Paimon leave, Ayato and Toma are going to play chess again. And Toma says something about something along the lines of them finishing the game of chess this like this week. So it's like they've been playing the same game of chess for like a while. And I thought that was really funny. And it was so nonchalantly mentioned that like they're just like, yeah, we'll finish this game of chess this week. Like they've been playing it for days on end or something like that. And they can never finish it. Uh, it totally fits their fits their characters and fits what they do, the Yashiro Commission. So I enjoyed that. Like I said, a lot of character in the story. It was really good. And you don't really get to use Ayato all too much combat-wise like you would Yaimiko or Raiden or Ito. So, I mean, if you if you didn't weren't pulling like planning on pulling for him, there wasn't a whole lot of combat to test him out. I mean, you obviously have the test run event, but but still it would have been cooler to control Ayato a little bit more like you do Yaimiko in that domain in her story. Was it her? Yeah, it was Yaimiko. Um so there was that that I kind of you know, I, I wish I could have used Ayato a little bit more in the story, but that doesn't really bother me. What did bother me was the fact that at the end, you didn't get this like beautiful, like rendered cutscene like you did in like you did in Raiden Shogun or in Yaimiko's story or Ito's story, even where it looked very beautiful and very polished. It was more like a cinematic than just the characters talking between each other. And what sucked about that is that the moment where you would expect that is when Ayato's talking about how hard him and his sister Ayaka, how hard their childhood was. It would have been a perfect way to to bring that kind of effect in where it was more like a cinematic and you were watching instead of like pushing A or or E to go through or left clicking whatever platform you're playing on to go through their dialogue. But there was none of that. There was no beautiful cutscene or animated, you know, video of of them going through that. And that's something that I would expect from Hoyoverse, right? Because they've done this in the past and it would have worked really well. And it would have been a lot more emotional, I think, if they would have done so, because Ayato kind of breaks down a little bit and lets you in. He like lets his guard down and, and, and steps down from his commissioner title to a friend almost and, and helps out somebody by opening up to their past. And it was really nice. It was beautiful. I just wish that it was animated and it was kind of that that had that cutscene effect. I hope I'm getting that point across. Uh, but other than that, I had no complaints. I thought Ayato's story was really good. Honestly, I really enjoyed it. And I really like Ayato. I'm glad I pulled for him. I, I was kind of spe- skeptical at first. I think I mentioned that in the first episode, but I did end up pulling for him. I got him and I'm enjoying him a lot. So I uh, hope you guys all enjoyed that story quest. I know some people did think it was kind of underwhelming for the most part, but let me know. Let us know what you guys thought about Ayato's story. All right, and for the last piece of event details, we're going to touch on outside the canvas, inside the lens a little bit, only to really mention that the event is ending. We did get a little piece of mail in-game with 1,000 more in it, just reminding everybody to make sure that you take part in the event and claim any rewards that are outstanding uh, before the event ends, so you can get those Prima Gems. You get a pretty good sum. I think it's like 80 Prima Gems between two photos a day for the past like six days. So you get a pretty decent amount. 
uh, for such an easy event. And it makes you want to use the camera. I'll be honest, it, it really did. It made me want to take more scenic pictures. And I really enjoyed it. Didn't really like how the pictures turned out for the most part. It was, I mean, depending on the character and the skill, because it, it did make you use some skills and bursts throughout the event and to take pictures during. They didn't really look too great. They kind of interfered with the photo. I think if you were taking more photos with idle animations, like some of the photo opportunities ask you to do, or like some of the photos ask you to do like an idle animation, I think those looked really good. I got a good one of Chow playing with the, um, what looks like the Animo butterfly or Animo element that's kind of floating around his hand. I got a good one of that in Leeway. So I hope you guys enjoyed that event. It was pretty cool. I got some cool screenshots that I plan on like editing maybe or posting or something, but I enjoyed it. Like I said, that ends Monday, April 11th at server time. And that is about it for the event. Just uh, make sure, like I said, you claim your rewards before they expire. And that's the end of our show for you guys today. If you would like to, and you like the content that we're putting out, and you want to support the show, you can leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to like the first episode or two, it's pretty easy, at least on Spotify. You just have to click on whatever star rating that you want to give us. Either way, your feedback helps me greatly, whether or not I know what I'm doing right or wrong. If you want to reach us more directly, we're over at Twitter, at HoYoCast. That's H-O-Y-O. C-A-S-T. And you can also email us at hoyocast at gmail.com. H-O-Y-O-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And again, thank you very much to the people who checked out episode one and gave me some feedback. Again, I greatly appreciate it. Hopefully, the quality of the episodes improves for you guys. And I hope you're enjoying the news and updates that you're getting for your commute or while you're at work. Hopefully you guys are getting something out of it. Thank you for your support and listening to the show, and I will see you guys next week. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.